This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you have to speak English with clients, the Academy is for you. If you have to take an English exam like IELTS or TOEFL, the Academy is for you. If you are planning to immigrate to Canada, America, or another English speaking country, the Academy is for you. So join today by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's podcast, we are going to speak with my friend Liesl. We met 10 years ago in South Korea. At that time, we were both new English teachers and we loved it. Now she's living in Austria with her family and you are going to enjoy our conversation. Let's jump right in. All right. Hey, Liesl, how are you? Hi, Tiffany. I'm doing really good. It's good to see you. It's really good to see you too. I, I really love doing this podcast because I'm able to connect with my friends that I haven't talked to in a long time. So it's really good to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. So now I know you, but for those that are listening, can you give a little bit of an introduction uh, about yourself? Mm -hmm. Who are you and your family or anything you'd like to say? Um, <laughs> my name is Liesl. I am 34 years old. <laughs> I am a mother. I have two beautiful daughters. Mm -hmm. One is almost five and one just turned three. I am mm -hmm. American. I grew up on the West Coast, the beautiful Pacific Northwest, <laughs> the best place to be. And now I live in Vienna, Austria with my husband. So it's Vienna, Austria, where my family and I are living right now. We're going to be here for several years. Mm -hmm. um, I have a degree in music and a master's degree in speech language pathology which uh -huh. I'm not using at the moment. I'm staying home and being a mother to my little girl. Mm, nice, nice. So. I remember so much when we were, um, so for those that are listening, I met Liesl in South Korea over the, 10 years ago? Well, 2009, so 10 years ago. 2009, 10 years, yes. Yeah, it's been 10 years ago. <laughs> but I always remember how much you loved music. So it's it's nice to be reminded, I'm like you really had a beautiful voice as well, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I still sing. I still oh, sing. you do? That's at good. my church and I I taught some music to kids old kids choir back in Tennessee before we moved here oh nice so, so now tell me Liesl I'm actually very curious why did you guys decide to move to Vienna I mean it's an amazing it looks amazing in the pictures I see but what led you guys to move to Vienna my husband Nathan and I have always both of us have loved traveling which led me to teach English in Korea that year um, 
when we got together, we wanted to continue traveling, but life happened. And then Nathan got a job offer um, at the International Atomic Energy Agency in Vienna. Mm-hmm. And we thought about it. And why not? Nice. <laughs> it's a chance to live overseas. So it's like a two-year contract. Uh-huh. Thing, and we're maybe here longer. But not everyone gets to travel and to live in another country. And so we have children, which kind of makes it hard, but also makes it kind of great. And I think it's a great experience for them. Yeah. You guys are living also part of my dream. I would love to do the same thing. Like when I get married and have kids, like do a little bit of traveling while they're young. So that's great. Good stuff. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to ask you the first question. The first question is, why did you become an English teacher? I know you went to Korea because you loved traveling, but why did you become an English teacher? And how long were you an English teacher? I was an English teacher in Korea. For a year, four months, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. a year and four months. Mm-hmm. It happened quite spontaneously. I graduated from my bachelor's degree in music, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after that. And I applied to a graduate school for voice, and I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it. And I didn't get accepted, and I was going into my music building to study the practice rooms, and I saw this advertisement on the wall that said English teaching in Korea. I was like, huh. Oh. I'm pretty good at English and I like to travel and like, Ooh, let's just see what happens. And two uh-huh. weeks later I was in Korea. <laughs> I've packed all the stuff in my attic and I was gone in two weeks. It was really fast. And I, yeah, I was there for a little over a year. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Now, can you tell <laughs> us about your first teaching experience? So you came here after two weeks kind of spur of the moment, and then you got here. What was it like, your first experience? I mean, we were teachers together, but can you tell <laughs> what was it like when you first went in the classroom? Um, a lot of sweating and shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous. I think I didn't sleep the night before. I had some nightmares and got up really early and looking over my book. And I don't remember exactly what level or what I taught. I just remember just like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that kind of feeling but after I came home the first day I was really happy I was just bouncing home like that was awesome you know I Aww. could do this you know it was so fun meeting all the students I loved like the first days of class and you get to meet everyone wow you know, it was just fun I didn't expect it to be fun I'm not an upfront person I'm kind of an introvert so it was like oh I don't know that's what I've never, never been a teacher before per se so yeah I think it was funny because I remember when we got there, like we were all in the same group. For those listening, we were all in the same group. And I remember that night before, I felt like we all were nervous because we didn't know what it was going to be like. And even though I'm an extrovert, I also felt the same. When I got in front of the class, there was a feeling of there are 20 people in front of me staring at me for the next hour. So it's kind of disconcerting in the beginning. But like you said, it was really nice to meet people and talk to the students. So good, good, good. Yes. Okay. Well then as a teacher, I know it was a while ago, but do you remember what you noticed? Well, you're still a teacher because you teach music as well, but have you noticed uh, three qualities as you were teaching, like three qualities of a good student? Um, 
I'm kind of answering this because of things I'm trying to do myself because I'm actually learning another language right now. So I'm in the other, I'm in the opposite seat right now. Nice. <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. You have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And you have to not take yourself too seriously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and you also have to put in the work. So there's like, it's like a mm-hmm. paradigm. I don't know. You can't like, you need to be serious about it and you need come to class and do your work but you also need to not take yourself too seriously and be have a sense of humor and be able to laugh at yourself mm-hmm. because it's not easy learning another language and you kind of have to let your inhibitions go <laughs> <laughs> and be willing to sound a little stupid and make mistakes yeah yeah can you tell us a little bit more about that <laughs> i agree so why do you think it's so important to let your inhibitions go and be able to laugh at yourself. Why is that so um, important to the language learning journey? I think when you're learning language, you have to use it for it to really settle in all the areas of the brain it needs to settle in. Mm-hmm. If you're just writing, studying, you only get like a one-dimensional way of getting it into your brain and it doesn't stay there. Like if you experience something, then it's going to stay instead of you just reading it. So when you're actually using what you have, you're experiencing it and somehow it just, it works better. And when children learn language and they naturally develop language, they're using it all the time. And children have no inhibitions they don't associate their language with their intelligence or they don't worry about what people are thinking about them and they use incorrect language all the time they don't care about grammar they're just like blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh, exactly <laughs> it just happens so naturally and yes. we're so worried like oh like, how am i construct the sentence i can't say i don't know that that form of grammar yet and like how but just use what you have. And even if it's not perfect, I mean, there's lots of kind people out there who will correct you. And there's some not kind people out there, but you got to let it roll off your back. Very true. Just, it's really, you won't forget what you're using and when people correct you than, than what you're reading or trying to memorize for a test. Using is going to stick with you. That's true. That's a good <clears throat> point. You know, it's funny. I, um, my niece, my youngest niece just turned three. So she went through this period of when she was two and she had a speech um, therapist just to, you know, because like, hey, it will help her as she moves forward in her language learning journey or speaking. And she went from not saying anything. Like she would say words, of course, as a little child. She said, and the speech therapist said, don't worry. As soon as she hits three, she's going to suddenly just start using sentences. And that's exactly what happened. So it's like now, like you said, her grammar may not be perfect, but she knows exactly what she wants to say, and she says it without feeling shy. So, yeah, kids. And they will use them. it with wrong grammar all the time, with no embarrassment. And eventually, mm-hmm. if you keep repeating the right thing back, they'll get the right the form of whatever they're trying to say. But it's really cute when you're watching it kids is. do it, and you just think, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't be so afraid of using our imperfect language that we're trying to learn because that's how you really learn. And it's so true. fun watching my girls learn a new language and seeing that hand at near at hand now so. now are the you said that you're learning another language as well are you learning what language are you learning now <laughs> ich lerne deutsch yep i don't know what you said but okay <laughs> i think it's dutch you're learning dutch german no, german okay all right deutsch is german germany is deutschland i'm, I'm not learning the pure german because we're living in austria and germans uh-huh. consider it like contaminated <laughs> The real German. You're learning the contaminated version. <laughs> yes, like the, the street German. <laughs> how, yes. how, how is Austria it going? Learning German. 
um, it's going pretty well. We just moved here. It's been this month will be one year. I completed one level of German. So it's okay. just basic right now, but it's, it's going okay. I, okay. I can go to the shops and I can grocery shop and buy things and go to the restaurant and order like basic stuff. I can talk and understand. That's so. good. Are your daughters My learning? Girls, they are. They're better than me already. They're wow. just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're going to a bilingual kindergarten. So nice. one teacher speaks English to the children. One speaks German. And all the other children are German speakers. So they're the only ones to speak English. It took them like three months before they said, Mama, we can talk to our friends now. Oh, <laughs> so they're, they're getting to be able to communicate and they don't speak German at home. But if I ask them like, oh, say this in German, they just, they can do it. And when I hear them at their kindergarten, they're talking to their friends. In German like, too. Yeah. And sometimes when I hear, I understand like, oh, you know, their grammar is not as good as my grammar is, but much faster than me like they can get their points across so they're really they're better at it practically than I am wow kids are amazing kids are amazing okay so German so you can teach me some German one day maybe (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually uh I'm teaching some of my friends (laughs) Korean I started a Korean class maybe three weeks ago and they're learning so it's very interesting to see someone on the opposite end like i have some friends that are learning the basics like how to count and say hello and no and yes so it's pretty interesting it's very interesting okay uh, so yeah. i know it's been a while but <laughs> do you remember if you ever had a favorite student um <clears throat> i don't think i had a favorite student i remember favorite classes okay classes i really enjoyed um so some of my favorite classes were the ones that had people of all age groups, students, like housewives, businessmen, older people. It was just a great mix. I uh-huh. love the classes where there was like a mix of personalities, outgoing people, uh-huh. <laughs> quieter people, and the ones that really got together. We could like go, we went out for dinner and did activities together. And those are my favorite classes because when you kind of get to know each other and support each other and do study groups together, then... I don't know. It's just really special and you learn more and it's just very memorable and fun time. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Hanging out did make a difference. Okay. Well, when you were a teacher, I know you mentioned that the first day, like the night before you were very nervous and then you went to the class and you enjoyed meeting the students, but what was something that was hard about teaching English? I think what was hard was English is a hard language. <laughs> and I didn't realize that until I was teaching it. Like I was good at English in school and writing, but like when you have to explain it to somebody, yeah. like, huh, it really doesn't make sense in this way. Or English doesn't follow all the rules all the time. And I never really thought about that, like spelling and pronunciation until I got there. And I realized German is a very, very methodical, follows every single rule and has tons of rules. And English is, uh, has rules, but it doesn't follow them. <laughs> has lots of exceptions. This is the rule, but we have 10 exceptions to the rule. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't realize that until I taught. And then also trying to teach someone to make a sound that they don't have in their language. That's uh-huh. difficult. Uh-huh. And that's what led me into speech pathology. Like, what are the mechanics of making these different sounds? How can you teach someone to like, what do they do with their mouth and their lips and everything to create this sound, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fascinating to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) All right. Well, you kind of actually led into our next question, which was 
what do you enjoy most about teaching English when you were there? What did you enjoy? You mentioned that you liked teaching new sounds to students. Anything else you remember that you enjoyed teaching? Um, I really love the, just the conversation groups. <laughs> yeah. Like all the discussion questions we had. I love learning about the other cultures. So my, actually my favorite thing about being there was like getting a window into a new culture mm. and how do people approach different problems or situations in life. And I don't know. It's like, yes, I was helping them in English. And I loved acting and helping in that way, but they were helping me and changing my worldview and giving me a bigger appreciation for the world. And I just love that exchange. So yeah. that's what I remember fondly when I look back. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just talking to my best friend about that the other day. Uh, she goes to a church here in Maryland that, you know, like we live in America, but in America, there are many different cultures existing mm -hmm. together. So if you go into that culture group, you'll see different things about that culture. So anyways, the church that she goes to is a different culture. And I was telling her mm. the beautiful part of actually immersing yourself in another culture you learn to appreciate aspects of their culture and also you learn more about yourself so it was a good discussion but i realized how beneficial it was to live in korea so i totally, yeah. agree. I totally <laughs> agree all right now this one may be a little bit harder because you've been away for a little while but do you know any good english resources now they don't have to be resources like books on grammar but for example other individuals have told us about TV shows they liked, or podcasts, anything that is in English. So anything that you personally like that students can listen to or watch that will help them. Um, well, it has been a while, but I will answer this in a way that I've been using as a student learning German. Good. Um, <clears throat> I think an underused resource for any language books uh, language students are children's books in their new language. Mm, nice. And I've just noticed this because I have children and we're here in a foreign country and I'm buying books for them, some in German, and they get books from the library here. And I'm like, this is a great way for me to learn <laughs> because <laughs> it's really hard, challenging to tackle a book, mm -hmm. you know, in another language. So much you don't know. You get really bogged down. But children's books, they're just like one step ahead of where you are. Like you can, it's really easy. There's pictures. <laughs> I get context. But it's easy to like read and understand like 50, 75%. You can look up a little bit and it's, there's not a lot of words. It's enough that you can feel like you accomplished something. And I think it's, it's really good to learn different, even grammar forms. Some books are really set up um, for vocabulary and different things. Um, even baby board books, I mean, depending on what level you're at. I think it's not well, a lot of people use that. The students are mainly intermediate and advanced. So they'd be like level okay. five or six. So okay. the ones that... So, there are some beginners listening. So the children's book was an excellent uh, suggestion. So I wrote that one down. What do you think about those that are like the level five or six or like the upper levels? Like they can have a conversation, but they're trying to improve. Hmm. I, I do do TV shows in yeah. the foreign language and I put English subtitles on. I've been practicing that now. I've been just trying to listen as much as I can. I took the radio on <laughs> when I'm riding the subway. I don't have my headphones in. I'm trying to listen. I don't know. Just like, what can I add? I, I do. I have Duolingo and my free time. I'm practicing. Duolingo is good. It is. And I also think YouTube channels are really great. Like yours. Oh. <laughs> I, I found some for German that I like to follow. Like if I'm having a particular problem with something or I want to, there, there's a lot of stuff out there. Good, good. Do you have a, maybe a English program? I know you're focused on German now because you're learning, which is also a very good inspiration for the students listening because they can see even though you were an English teacher, you're practicing what you preached. 
Like you're actually putting into practice <laughs> what you told your students. Do you watch any English dramas nowadays or is there anything in English that you watch or listen to? Even something that you like, because they may also like it. I've always enjoyed watching Friends. Yeah, Friends. Yeah, and I've tried to watch them in German, but I think sitcoms are difficult to watch in another language because mm -hmm. they speak really fast and there's a lot of idiomatic stuff. But I think dramas are easier. When people tend to talk slower and more dramatically, it helps yeah. for me learning German. What did I watch? Something. I don't watch a lot of TV these days, honestly, but... I figured, I was like, I know you're busy. And over here, and mm -hmm. we can't get the same stuff. It's hard to get English programming here. A lot of our um, Netflix and Amazon is in German. It's hard to get the shows you watch in the States. Ah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have the Duolingo and the children's books and also telling the students to find YouTube channels in English. Of course, hopefully mine, and there are many other ones as well that they can find, but mm -hmm. that's a good thing. So... All right, the last thing is, do you have any other advice that you could give them? And I think, again, it's really nice that you were a teacher and you're also now a learner. Any other advice you could give the students that you think would be important? Um, I think I mentioned it before, but use what you have and you'll gain more mm -hmm. knowledge. You may think you only have a little bit of knowledge, but if you use it, you'll keep picking up more and getting corrected. You're going to learn more faster than if you don't use even what you know. What I've been doing here is, I'm not have to go shopping or go anywhere or talk to anyone. I'm always thinking, you know, start with German. Always start with German. <laughs> Even if you can't get very far in your interactions, you go as far as you can before you switch to English because um, people are more open and friendly when you're trying. And usually there's going to be nice people and there's smiles help a lot. Just use it because it's so easy just to say, well, okay, I you know, never try and be afraid of pronunciation. But I think that's helped me and not let the fear overcome you because fear is a real thing. We tend to equate our intelligence with how we communicate. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to let that go because yes, you're going to some level of the communicating. You're not going to sound as polished, smart, and competent when you're in your second language for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a while to get there. Children take like four, five, six years before they're really, you know, really good with the language. And yeah, it might take slower if you're an adult because our brains aren't as great <laughs> when you're little. <laughs> just try to, I don't know, let go of the fear. Don't let it stop you because, yeah, using it is what's going to get you where you need to be. Good stuff. Even just a little bit. <laughs> good stuff. Well, guys, again, she said three things. Use what you have and you'll get more. People will help you when you try and don't let fear overcome you. So, wow, Lisa, thank you so much. That was great advice. Really good You're advice. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to watch the full video recording of my conversation with Liesl, all you have to do is join the Speak English with Tiffany Academy Go to the podcast interviews resource and click episode 42. This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.